Hi, well, hey, Louise, welcome to the Edge broadcast. Well, thank you very much for having me, Daniel. <laughs> so so where, where are you at? I'm in England. Okay. I'm in Dorset, which is on the southern coast. Dorset. Okay, hey. Uh, I'm always uh, fascinated by, by world geography, man. W why do they call it jolly old England? Are you all jolly over there? <laughs> well, I don't think we're very jolly at the moment because <laughs> lots of things seem to be going wrong. Oh, but, eh? wow. But hey, it's, it's good to try and be positive, isn't it? Uh, it, it is, it is. And uh, we have a segment of the show called our Bear Report. Uh, our, uh, uh, um, we get a report of good news for the week before we even start the broadcast because we don't know what kind of news I'm going to share when I get on this show. But uh, hey, so uh, so I got uh, I have a spot of tea now. Do you now I got that from y'all uh, the spot of tea. Now is that because somebody spilt it and and put a spot on the carpet? What why did they call it a spot of tea instead of a cup? Well, I don't know. I mean, I've got a mug of tea here. So I'm drinking a mug of tea, mm -hmm. but I suppose I suppose you have a you have a spot of um, cake, or you have a a spot of uh, some chocolate. So I suppose that we just use spot for meaning just a little bit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the well, languages can be a bit different. All right. Oh, okay. So hey, we're going to be talking about WhatsApp from heaven, and um, so you have a story to tell. And yes. I guess I'm sure there's some there's some sad elements to this. And why don't we go ahead and go go back a little bit uh, uh, to before anything happened? What was life like for you? And then we'll move into what happened. Okay, right. Well, my life was very very happy. I was married to a wonderful man called Patrick. Um, we lived down in the south coast in the country. I made pots. I had a pottery studio attached to my house. Um, Patrick had worked as a barrister. He was a lawyer. We, <clears throat> he was just retired. We went off to Zambia on a safari for the holiday of a lifetime. And we were looking forward to many happy years and an active retirement. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly, out of the blue, totally out of the blue, he had a couple of symptoms, went to the doctor, he was diagnosed with stage 4 bile duct cancer, and within three months, he was dead. Ooh. Wow. So it was, it was very unexpected, and, and very quick, and very traumatic. Hmm. There's any cause for that? We don't know. Apparently, bile duct cancer is on the increase, and nobody knows why. How long ago was that? So he he was diagnosed in November 2018. He died in February 2019. All right. Uh, um, is that before all the all the COVID stuff? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was it was just a year. Before mm -hmm. then, COVID came and locked down and everything. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, on that subject, we won't be talking a lot about it, but are, is there a, are you guys having lockdowns over there, any kind of crazy thing? No, we're not. There's still quite a lot of COVID around. Um, 
but it seems to be much milder now. And so, yeah, we're, we're just carrying on and using common sense. Mm -hmm. All right, so you were, uh, it happened very suddenly. Yep. And so have had you guys at that time made plans for such an event or was it? No, not at all. Um, I mean, Patrick did have an, an old will, um, but he had to make a new one. Mm -hmm. um, it, it had never occurred to us, mm -hmm. it really hadn't, that he was going to die so quickly. He was a very fit, strong, vigorous man. He was 71, mm -hmm. so not a spring chicken, but he was a very, very fit 71-year-old. Mm -hmm. how, how, how was he as a person? Was he, was he considerate of others? Was he an angry man? What, what, uh, how, how was his he, character? He, he, totally, he totally was not an angry man. He was the most lovely man. He was a very, very generous man. He was um, he was a lawyer and he was a, a part-time judge in the criminal court. Um, he was very very clever, and very intelligent. He he loved a good argument, and um, so you know he liked a discussion. When I say argument, I mean he liked to discuss things. He he didn't quarrel, but he was he was prepared to have a good argument with anybody. Mm -hmm. And he had friends from every walk of life because he treated everybody equally. He was a very honest, kind, and extraordinary man, a man of great integrity. Mm. I loved him. Oh, well, that's a great memory. How long were you together? Well, sadly, not all that long, Daniel. Oh. We we met in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, we were both divorced. Mm -hmm. We'd both been divorced for some considerable time. And um, we met, and within the year, we started to live together. Mm -hmm. And then we got married. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, I always love a good love story. Uh, <clears throat> how did you know he was the one? You know... I knew straight away. He didn't, but oh. I just, I just met him, and I just, I just knew. Isn't that strange? No. I had no doubts at all. Was he had a very infectious smile. He, he was very charming. Uh, well, at least he was charming when he felt like being charming. Right. Um, you know, and whatever it was. It just, it made, he made my heart sing. Oh, well, man. Uh, okay, and so let's uh, kind of, I guess, kind of move on a little bit from there. But uh, uh, so, he, oh, by the way, we have two polls up on the, our website. Let me, and I don't know if you've seen that because one of them is directly connected to you. Uh, the first poll is, for those watching the program, is on the left side of the website, sign from the afterlife. And your choices there are never got a sign, no such thing, yes, I got a sign, weird question, Daniel, not sure, maybe, um, I saw a for sale sign. 
probably not the sign we're talking about, but in case somebody said they, everybody can, everybody can get an answer in that one. So let's, so we're going to check the poll results and then we'll check them later and see if they, they switch it a little bit. Here's our results there, uh, Louise. Okay. All right. Uh, 40% says, yes, I got a sign from the afterlife. Uh, 20% no such thing. Uh, 20% says, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe something happened somewhere. And 13 percent, and this is this is Illuminati. 13.33 percent says never got a sign. They're probably depressed. But hey, but somebody did see a for sale sign, so everybody gets to answer that one. All right, and then then we have another poll, and this is just kind of a general poll because we feel like people need to reflect a little bit, kind of really like you were describing your your husband uh, um, as a person. And so this poll question says, have you helped somebody this week? And the people watching the program can check from uh, helped a friend, helped a stranger, gave a gift, said a kind word, gave a smile, or somebody says, I'm going to help. Because now there, now that one there, we will put that in there in case they just forgot that they need to be thinking about being kind to others, you know, and they're going to, they just need a little reminder. See what the results are. And the results of that is uh, 33% of people gave a gift this week, Louise. 27% helped a stranger, 16% helped a friend, 11% gave a smile, 5% gave a kind word, and somebody says, okay, I'm, I'm going to help somebody, I just forgot. <laughs> so, hey, you know, it's a little incentive there, so we'll get we'll get into that later, see, see if those numbers change as far as the signs of the afterlife. But man, um, so, so you, things start happening, I guess we can just go right into it now. You mentioned, it says bereavement may coincide with many extraordinary happenings and signs from the afterlife so bereavement so let me start there and i don't know if you've been asked this question but now bereavement to me is, is and i'm not a an expert in language by any means but doesn't that mean the person say who loves somebody who lost somebody they love and they're bereaved right okay let me ask you this question yeah Okay, so, and then you say there's some signs, extraordinary happenings and signs, but does that only apply to the bereaved and not to somebody says, well, yeah, let's just say a husband type of thing. I mean, yeah, he's gone, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm a lot better now because the way he treated me and this and that. In other words, the non-bereaved in the same situation, do they get extraordinary happenings and signs? That's a very good question, Daniel. And I have no idea. Um, I wouldn't think so, because it seems to me that what motivates these signs is love. Mm. And I think that Patrick went to a, a huge amount of effort to send me signs because he knew how desperately I missed him and how I wanted to know that he was all right. So I suspect, but I don't know, I suspect that it's quite tricky to send signs from the afterlife. I think if it were really easy, then probably, you know, we would all be inundated with them. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I imagine that it's people who have passed who were loved and who love, it's those people who try to send signs. That's that's my theory, anyway. Mm -hmm. 
Well, man, if you if you if you've had a sign, then it, it's incumbent to come up with some kind of theory because there has to be some. I'm, I'm not. I don't want to say rational explanation because I think the world is full of rational explanations for supernatural events, and I'm about had it with that. I think there are supernatural events, and so I'm not the first to, to rationalize something. Although, just from a certain standpoint, you want to make sure that you're not ascribing supernatural events to coincidences or random acts that would have happened in any case. But I'm I'm leaning toward things have meaning. Uh, for instance. Um, uh, I was cutting the grass one day, and and I literally asked for a sign from God, and I looked over, and on this tall grass was this praying mantis. Now, I know that's weak, but praying mantises, by nature, they're prayer warriors, man. They're, they're always praying, and so I thought, because I, I just prayed, and then all of a sudden I see a praying mantis. So I took that as a sign. Now, that's not a sign from the afterlife, but I'm just saying that I think nature can give us signs for instance, another one, another one, I'm, I'm not taking over your interview, but let me give you another one. This week, a giant hawk was sitting on my fence, and uh, he, he was looking at my house, and, uh, you know, I was looking at him through the window, and I, and I know that he looked right in the window, he was looking right at me, this big old giant hawk, and then I thought, okay, the hawk is, is on defense, and I, I thought to myself that... I believe that I am being supernaturally protected because birds, by nature, and, and from a biblical standpoint, they bring messages. You talk about messengers. They've been known to give messages. So this hawk was on defense, not the fence. He's on, you know, you could kind of merge them together yes. and say that you are being defended. And so that, I mean, I got, I got that. I, I interpreted my own vision. But anyway, that's enough of me. So I, but, so I do believe in messages. So. What was the first message that you uh, that you that you got? Well, can I just begin by saying that when Patrick died, I didn't believe that I was going to get any messages because I didn't really believe in the afterlife. We discussed it before he died, and neither of us knew, but both of us thought that it was unlikely. A friend of ours who is very psychic, she got a sign from him sort of five days after he died. And she contacted me and she said, Hey Louise, I was thinking about Patrick and I was hoping that he was all right. And I asked him for a sign. I asked to see a flame today. And not a flame in a fireplace, but a flame. I thought that would be unusual and, and difficult. And anyway, she said, I forgot all about it. And then this evening, when I went to draw my curtains, I saw this cool single flame coming from a neighbor's garden. And she rushed to her phone. She took a photograph of it, which she sent to me. And she said, she got the photo and then it disappeared. And she said, I'm sure that it was Patrick. I don't really believe in coincidences. And there was no explanation for it that I could see. I think it was Patrick. Mm. I mean, but that... I, 
You know, I thought, oh, it could have been a coincidence. Have you, apart from your deceased husband, had you gotten any signs? In fact, what we call them here in the States, we have a term over here we use called synchronicity. I don't know if you've ever looked into that term. Yes, I mean, it happened to me a couple of times. But not to such an extent that I really believed or knew. And after Patrick died, then I asked for some feathers because that seems to be a sort of quite a common sign. Feathers? Feathers. I said, can I see a feather from you? And I didn't. And then the next day, a friend got in touch with me and she said, I was just thinking about Patrick. I was out in the garden and two big white feathers floated down in front of me from a clear blue sky. And I couldn't see where they could possibly have come from. I'm sure it was Patrick. Wow. So two feathers just dropped out right there. Yeah. I was thinking, well, hang on. Why are these friends of mine getting signed? And I'm not. You know, another friend. Not fair. Exactly. That was what I thought. Another friend contacted me to say she was thinking of Patrick and her lights had been going on and off. And again, I thought, you know, what's happening here? Looking back, I expect that I was just so deeply grief stricken that I wouldn't have noticed anything anyway. Eventually, I decided to ask for a sign. And I asked for a feather on a train because I was going to be getting a train the next day. The train came, I got on it, and the train was quite crowded. But I could see two empty seats. So I went and sat on one of those seats. And I looked down, and there was a feather on the next seat. And I thought, wow. They were plastic seats. So I was thinking, hmm. Then I thought, yeah, but it could be coincidence. It could be. And then the WhatsApps started. And it was the WhatsApps that finally convinced me. The watch? The WhatsApps. Oh, the WhatsApp. The WhatsApps. Okay. Yeah. You said the WhatsApp started happening? Yeah. What's a, what is the WhatsApp? Is that, well, a, is that a real app? So, yeah, well, no WhatsApps. You know, you send, you send things by WhatsApp? No, I'm, I, no I, don't, I don't do much in, in the apps. And, you know, I, okay. I have a Twitter account that I only have like three posts on there. I got rid of my Facebook. I'm about ready to get banned permanently from YouTube. So I'm not much into social media. I think I have heard. So that's what it is. This is the WhatsApp. Yeah. Okay. A WhatsApp, it's a bit like it's a bit like a text. Okay. If you like. Okay. But, but, so, okay. So what happened was, um, one day, <clears throat> excuse me, 
I I left my phone in the house and the house was empty and the door was locked so no one could have got in. And when I returned, I found that there was lots and lots of typing on my phone, lots of words. Mm. And some of the words were proper words. Others of the words didn't seem to be. It all looked a bit like gibberish. But it was all in a message box ready to send to somebody called Maria. And Maria was a medium whom I had consulted a little while previously. So I looked at this and I couldn't work out how on earth it had all got onto my phone. And I was about to delete it and then I thought, well, it's so strange, it's so weird. I think I will press send and I'll send it to Maria and ask her what she thinks. I did that and she replied, she's no idea what it was. But anyway, the next day, she found a whole lot of text on her phone ready to send to me via WhatsApp. And this text made more sense. And three times it said in the text, darling, it's me. And she said, Louise, I found this on my phone. I did not put it on my phone. I have no idea how it got on my phone, but I'm sending it to you. And after that, there were quite a lot of WhatsApp, which is what they're called, mm -hmm. um, with these funny sort of messages. And they, they turned me hot and cold. But there was a little bit of me which thought, mm, I don't know, you know, I don't understand it, but I don't know. And then one day, I went for a walk with the phone in my pocket, and I got back, I pulled the phone out of my pocket, and it said that I had created to WhatsApp groups, which are the groups of, of people who can send WhatsApps to each other. And one was called Hamlin Family, and consisted of Patrick, my husband, and me. And one was called Hamlin's, and consisted of Patrick, his daughter, and me. And I stared at the phone because I had not done no such thing. I'd been out walking the dog with the phone in my pocket. And I thought, there's no way that this can have been done in a sort of rational way. I can only think it was Patrick trying to insist to me 
that yeah, he was sending these messages. And my son, who's a lawyer, spent a long time trying to see if somebody could have hacked my phone or something like that. And in the end, my son said, no, mum, there's no explanation for it at all, other than that Patrick sent these messages to you mm. and created these <clears throat> well, that, that sure, sure is an original story. I've never heard anything or heard of the like. And let me ask the people that's watching the program, uh, it looks like if you've used or use WhatsApp, uh, it looks like somebody may have because there's some information in, in there. Uh, if you use WhatsApp, say yes, just a quick yes real quick, and then uh, we'll move on from there. Um, but let me go back a little bit um, to Maria. You say she is yeah. a, a medium. Yeah. Now, if I'm getting the story right, your, your, you had text ready to go to her that was gibberish. Yeah. She had text going to you that said something. And then one of the yeah. things that was said is it's me. Now. Yeah. Okay. Now, I got it's got to go through the skeptic mill here. But oh, absolutely, I did too. <clears throat> so, I, so I wondered. Yeah. If people were following this story, they're probably right with me. What I'm about ready to ask. Is it possible she was supporting her own store, uh, credibility by saying, I told you he wanted to talk to you, and all of a sudden he used my phone to do it? Yes, um, and that thought occurred to me as well, which was why it wasn't until I actually got these WhatsApp groups on my phone, which was nothing to do with Maria, which made me 100% sure. And, now, she, and, Maria, she, and, and she could not create those accounts. No, no. Okay. And she, she was, and she she denied. Say, Louise, you know, I didn't type that in there, right? She but, she she told you that, I bet, right? Oh oh yeah. I mean, okay. to start with, I wondered, I wondered whether she was for some strange reason pretending that she was finding these messages on her phone. Well, I can <laughs> easily say that the most plausible thing that I would say is she wants credibility in your eyes. I mean, especially if there's any kind of charge going on there. I mean, maybe. Um, in fact, she had been pretty credible already. Um, and she was just um, a housewife who had always been able to connect with people who passed on, but for years she hadn't done anything about it, mm -hmm. and eventually she had felt impelled to start doing readings for people, mm -hmm. but but she didn't really. She wasn't trying to do it for money. She charged very very little. Mm -hmm. And she seemed to me to be very genuine. Well, as, as a book writer it, uh, that she obviously knows, she knows you. Does she know you're on this program tonight? No. No? No. no. I no. have to actually even told her that I've written this book. I will I will tell her, but I haven't been in contact with her for, okay. you know, I, okay. over a year. Oh, okay. All right. We have a few questions coming in, but before we do, I've got a question. Yeah. Earlier, you said 
that you and your you and Patrick didn't believe in the afterlife or you didn't believe your spirit would go anywhere is that could you clarify that once you well said? we didn't we didn't know mm-hmm. we were totally agnostic, agnostic. we thought it, we thought it was unlikely but mm-hmm. we didn't know for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so uh, is is agnostic the same as atheist no not at all what's your explanation of it well an agnostic is someone who says you know, I don't know. I'm mm-hmm. just not sure. Do, do you recognize this dog back here? I, that's Phoebe. Phoebe. She's a Phoebe. Okay. Yep. And She's uh, asleep next door at the moment. <laughs> I saw that on your website. We've had cats come walking by behind people. We've had dogs come by. And so I see that you're a dog person. Um, but, okay, so agnostic. And... Um, so neither did any of you, either of you, attend church or mass or whatever. Yes, yes, we we would go to church in the village, mm-hmm. and um, so we were sort of officially, if you like, Church of England, and we we liked going to the services. There's a beautiful uh, medieval church in my village, and we would go there and we would support the church. Mm-hmm. But we still had grave doubts as so, to whether so, we would survive death. So now, being a medieval church, oh, what? Uh oh, stupid! I got a stupid note from from uh, Zoom. I don't know. It said they may cut us off here in a second. If, if they do, I'm, I'll call you back. I'm not sure. Okay. What, I'm not sure what's going on there. I got I got a note saying they're going to cut me off. Anyway, um, so what was being taught in the church was not enough to convince you that there's an afterlife. No, I think that's so quite what, right. There. So, so, so what were they talking about in there? Well, I mean, Christian, um, and yeah, um, I think that the Church of England is like your Episcopal church. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, would you say now that you're a believer in the afterlife? Yes. In fact, do you know, I'd say more than that. There have been so many signs since as well, and with those WhatsApp signs, which Maria could not have had anything to do with, I would say I know there is an afterlife. Mm-hmm. And which so- is a lovely feeling. Oh, okay. Somebody just told me that uh, Zoom has a 40-minute limit unless you pay 15 bucks a month. I, I didn't even know that. I don't know. They must have changed something because I've been doing Zoom for a while. Zoom, I go between Zoom and Skype all the time. Um, so, so I may have to call you back, so just be ready. Uh, okay. we'll, we'll thwart their algorithms because this is too interesting to let you go. All right. So it looks like about 50-50 of our audience, uh, 50% of our audience does use the WhatsApp. Um, right. So, so, so now you believe in an afterlife. Do you believe that there's a, a heaven and a hell, or is some kind of neutral place? I'm not sure that I believe in hell, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I, I'm confident that Patrick is somewhere good. Okay, but he didn't get a chance to change his view because he died. Right. Yeah, that's true. So he died yeah. in. A, so he died as an agnostic, and you're alive as I don't know. Can I say believer? 
I guess a believer in uh, Affleck. Yes. So, I mean, what Pat, what Patrick said, because we discussed this before he died, and Patrick said that he thought it was unlikely that there was an afterlife, mm -hmm. but that if, if there were one, he thought that he had lived a good enough life oh. for it to be okay. Wow. Now, you know, right. Wow. And, I, and now that's the thing, man. I mean, now, how many years did you go to this medieval church? How many, sorry? How many years did you go to this church? Well, well, I mean, we, um, we started living in this village um, in 2006. Okay. In the village. That reminds me of a show back in the 60s with Patrick McGowan called The Village. No, no, it's called Prisoner. But there's another, there is a movie from M. Night Shanahan called The Village. So I'm all about the village. Right. But every time there's a village, there's always something weird going on. So it, during that time, they never told you guys, I mean, from a church standpoint, one of the basic tenets of Christianity is that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous, no, not one. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And we need Jesus uh, in our life. To make sure we do go to heaven. Did they never did teach that in the church? Well, I think that um, a lot of people believe that, but not everybody believes that. And, you know, people believe a whole spectrum of things. Mm hmm and of I think that people yes. who go to church can believe a whole spectrum of things. Mm. Okay. All right. So, um, so the view that he lived, a, the view that he, he believed that he lived a, a good enough life, that when it, when it goes. But anyway, so whether there's an afterlife or not, I guess he knows for sure now, one way or another, right? Yeah. And he's trying to tell you. So, but it sounds like what you're saying is he's trying to tell you that he's okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Is he is he waiting for you? I hope so. <laughs> well, you guys got a nice, a, a good love history there. I, I like that. I like to see happy people and hear their stories. So, um, all right. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go now. Uh, let me bring up. Uh, I got. A, I got a, a. It's a scripture here. Let me bring this up here, and we'll look at that and then see. Let me cut myself out so we just bring up this what I'm going to show here before we get blown off uh, 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 the uh, uh, zoom here. All right, so here we go. Um, this one here is uh, in, the, it's in the Bible, so I don't know if the, the medieval church talks about it, but it says, it's appointed unto men once to die after this is a judgment. That's a pretty strong tenet right there. So that everyone is going to have to go to a place of judgment is what it looks like to determine. I guess it, it looks like it must be like a court situation where it is determined if that person was good or bad. But when, when you're talking about, are you, are you, did Patrick believe that his, like in a yin and a yang sort of way that he maybe he had bad, uh, he may have done bad, but his good outweighed the bad? Is that the, how that works? Um, I don't know really. I think that Patrick and I both believed that love was the most important emotion Certainly and was the most mm -hmm. um, important emotion not only just romantic love but love for your children right. love mm -hmm. for your friends 
love for your fellow man. And what about love for your enemies? What about love for your enemies? Love for your enemies. Yeah, I think that probably it's a really good thing just to try and love everybody. And I think that love involves understanding, you know, and very often people who seem to do very wicked and bad things, they themselves are hurting inside. And you can, you can acknowledge that they have done bad and wicked things, mm -hmm. but you can still sort of try and see and love the, the spirit mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. well, it, it, it seems it, it ought to be that as long as people are alive, that they can have a chance to redeem themselves in some sort of way. I mean, in, in this world, I mean, there's always somebody in the news that comes along and you're thinking, man, there ain't no hope there. And so you're thinking... Well, hope, hopefully there will be. I'll tell you what, though. Let's get to a few questions here. Uh, here's the first one from Rose. Uh, says, Louise, my father used to give me lucky pennies when I was a child. He passed away, but I still find pennies around my place. Could that be a sign from him? Yes, I think it most certainly could, Rose. Uh, I don't know for sure, but I have had so many signs from Patrick once I've had these WhatsApp groups created on my phone. Mm -hmm. I knew for sure that he was me. And so then, when things happened, uh, strange things, inexplicable things, then I sort of knew, actually, this is Patrick sending me signs, saying that he loves me. And... I think, Rose, that your father is trying to do the same to you and tell you that he loves you. Okay. This is from Jade, our moderator in our chat. It says, uh, Louise, I heard, a, I heard about a man who buried his son, and two days later, one of the blooms from his funeral landed on his windshield while he was driving. And what's the odds of that? How extraordinary. Hmm. Yep. Yep. And again, you think... That could well have been a sign from the sun saying, hey, dad, I'm okay. Mm. I love you. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think he chose WhatsApp instead of Twitter? I have no idea. Did, did, no idea at all. Did, he used, did, he'd never used Twitter. Mm -hmm. He... he didn't really use WhatsApp very much, but we did use WhatsApp mm -hmm. a little bit. Okay, so did he have, did he use WhatsApp before he passed? Not very much. All right, so let's 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 get back to it now. Um, interesting. One of my favorite movies uh, here in the states is called Tombstone, with uh, I believe Kurt Russell, um, and uh, in that in that movie, which really is is based on a true story. Uh, a tombstone is based on Wyatt Earp in early American Western history, and his right. his his brother Morgan was was killed. And in the movie, you hear when his brother is alive say to Wyatt three times, "You're the one." And then Morgan got shot and he died. And Wyatt Earp, who wrote a book about his adventures at Tombstone, said that after he died. 
three times his brother appeared to him and said, you're the one. So the movie had him saying it when he was alive, but Wyatt Earp said that happened after he died. So that's a, that's a true story just from Wyatt Earp, Neil West. So it, it, it's evidently people have appeared to other people. But my question to you, Louise, how do we know that apparition, I guess you would say, is that person and not somebody masquerading as that individual? I have no idea, Daniel. I don't know. Do you, oh, I mean, were there, I don't, okay. all, all I know is what has happened to me. And mm -hmm. all I know is that there have been extraordinary occurrences which I can only ascribe to Patrick because there's no other possible reason for what has happened. Mm -hmm. but, but I don't know more than that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what what is were were you able to get any to verify that it was him? I mean, is there something that he said to you that you knew could only come from him, or were they always generic statements like "It's me"? I hope you're feeling good. I love you. Was there something that said like "I remember when I first met you" and thus thus? Is there was there something that guarantees you that was him? Um, the the WhatsApps. They didn't particularly. They said they said things that meant something to me, but I guess that um, anybody could have sort of known that I'd just been to Cyprus or something like that. But what I will say is that I also went to see some mediums, and the messages that the mediums passed on to me contain things that nobody could have known. Mm. For example, um, I went to see a medium and she said, he's showing me a cornflower. Why is he showing me a cornflower? And I said, ah, well, when we got married, he wore a cornflower in his buttonhole. Wow. And so the cornflower was always a special flower for us. And, and so there, there was no no way that they, that the the medium could have known that. No, absolutely not, absolutely mm. not. Mm -hmm. And she said, oh, and he's, she said, he's wearing slippers and he's pointing to his slippers and laughing. And I understood that as well because, um, the funeral director wanted me to send clothes to put on the body in the coffin. And I thought about it, and I thought he was always happiest outside. So I sent his his outside clothes. But then I didn't want to send his boots, because I thought they would be rather uncomfortable for him and heavy. And so I sent his outside clothes, but his slippers to put on his feet. So a bit of an odd combination. And I could, you know, quite understand why he was then pointing to his slippers and laughing. Mm. All right. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to bring up, uh, hang on, i got to get you back in the screen here. All right, here, here you go, and here I go, and now we're back in the screen. Evidently, I have a movie poster in the background. That's me on the right there, and uh, that's, yeah. uh, that's Wyatt Earp. I can see that's, you. So, yeah, so see, yeah. That, I was in that movie right there, as so you can plainly see my white hat. All right, so let me let me bring a, uh, let me bring a, I'm going to show you another scripture. Now, I'm going to preface this scripture by, by saying this. I didn't have you on the, the show 
to set you up by any means whatsoever. I have no, I'm giving it a kind of a disclaimer, but I'm going to bring this up because it's church related and it has to do with this scripture here. Uh, and so maybe you can get a comment on that. Uh, it says, anyone who practices divination or tells fortunes or interpret omens or a sorcerer or charmer or a medium or a necromancer or one who's inquirers of the dead, for whatever does these things is an abomination to the Lord. Now that's in Deuteronomy. That is in the Old Testament. Uh, and I didn't have this here to, to, uh, to embarrass you or to accuse you in any way whatsoever, but I can say I know people watching the show and they're well aware of this scripture and they may... That might cast doubts in their mind that you uh, are talking to to anyone. What would you say to this? The meaning of this scripture? Uh, do you think it reflects any behavior that you do, or you think that yours is aside from this and not even in the context of, of how this is framed? I think that lots of people believe different things. Um, I personally think that there is nothing wrong going to see a medium and the mediums that I have seen have expressed love and have given me messages that made complete sense to me um, and if people think it's wrong to go and see a medium that's absolutely fine no problem mm -hmm. but I, I think that some mediums are quite extraordinary and Gary Schwartz has done a lot of research into mediums and has found that there are some people mm -hmm. who just seem to have this extraordinary ability and I think that it is done for very good motives because it helps people who are bereaved and grief-stricken and it's mm -hmm. a huge consolation to get a, a message from mm -hmm. somebody who has passed and mm -hmm. whom you love. Yeah, I, and I, I, um, I've, I've kind of had this conversation uh, before, and I, I, I kind of frame it like there are times when, say, a person is at a grave, and their loved one is in that grave, and I, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be an appropriate thing to do to go say, hey, you're not supposed to talk to the dead. When somebody's grieving at the grave, in fact, you you would expect that. I mean, people have you know laid their hands on coffins and, and spoke to the to people in there. So maybe you know maybe there's a greater understanding. I, I don't I don't dispute anything that's in the Bible, but I do know that it interprets itself. It says line upon line. There may be a deeper meaning there somewhere that that hasn't been sort of revealed because. Um, not that I'm saying it's all right, but I'm just saying, were you were you aware of that scripture? Um, or any I scripture knew, that talks about, were you aware that the Bible knew, mainly says don't I, do it? I, I knew that there are some people who um, believe it is wrong to go to mediums. I also know an awful lot of people who, have, who think it's um, absolutely... Fine, and that includes good Christians. Mm -hmm. So, no, that that did not bother me. Okay, all right. Um, do you read the Bible at all? Not not very much. No. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, like I say, I didn't. I didn't. You know, we, we did. We did talk about the church there, and 
you know, interesting when you said it was a medieval church, somehow I, I feel like it's like a druid, you know, like druids are walking around in robes going, oh, you know, I mean, that's a medieval church to me, man. Like they got a torture device in the back in case you don't, in case you do wrong, you know, or, or, or a, a jar say, hey, man, we got a swear jar here. We heard what you said last week. <laughs> it wasn't appropriate. That'd be, a bit, that'd be $3, please. So, yeah. Um, so, so, you know, I, I, I keep an open mind on that. And, you, you know, people would say that I've sold out to the devil just by having you on because you talked to or had had signs. And I think that's, that's kind of extreme to have that kind of belief. You know what I have you on? Because you have a story. And you, and you already come across as a decent person. So I already like you. I mean, you know, um, I'm not going to hit the end button. Um so I feel like if people just wait a second and listen to other people's stories, they might learn something. And there's good parts and there's bad parts in everybody's story. So, all right. So what was the last message that you have gotten? The last message, and it actually came after I'd written the book, and so it's not in the book. And it said, I can hear you, darling. Please hear me. Hmm. Okay, so the, so they're they're not really lengthy messages. They're just kind of short short little yeah. bursts. Okay. Yeah. And when you get oh, by the way, now you, you said that your phone had gibberish, and Maria's phone had actual hmm. words. There is a phenomenon called pocket dialing, and I've done it. I know how that is, and I have seen things on my phone and maybe and I don't know where they came from but I have actually seen like I pull my phone out and, and there'd be something in a text box I'm thinking and I figure it's pocket pocket typing is what I call it and I'm thinking dang man I'm sure glad I didn't send that but, you know but uh I mean it wasn't like risque or anything just this weird you know I wouldn't want to send whatever it was to anybody so that that phenomena does exist although formulated sentences that's a little bit different yeah I mean it it does exist most certainly and and I wondered, you know, whether this could have been the explanation. Um, but uh, the messages that Maria found on her phone were were not immaculate, if you like. They also had words which weren't quite right. And there's no way that pocket dialing could have been responsible for the creation mm -hmm. of the WhatsApp groups. Okay. All right, Louise, let me answer this question. Has Have anything in your house ever moved? Yes. Tell us about it. Uh, well, quite a few things. Um, the first time that it happened, I was in bed. It was in the early hours of the morning. I was in it up upset because I was missing Patrick and um, suddenly there was an almighty thump on the landing outside my bedroom and I was terrified. I was alone in the house and I didn't know what had caused this terrible noise. I thought there must be somebody there or something and I lay frozen with fear there was no other sign, so eventually I was very brave and I crept out of bed and I went out to see what had caused this noise. And a book had flown off the Whoa. top shelf of the bookshelf 
and had landed with a big thump on the floor. And there was no reason for this. There was no wind. The windows were shut. It never happened before. And when I went, I leant down to pick up the book and leaning down to get it, I noticed the binoculars that I had been searching for all day and they'd been tucked into a, a lower shelf of the bookshelf. Wow. And um, Patrick and I were fond of birds and I just felt that it was Patrick saying, hello, I'm here and here are the binoculars. Mm. Wow. It happened again another time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another time, a playing card disappeared. I was playing bridge with three friends mm-hmm. and a card disappeared from the table. Wow. It, it, yeah. So it the other man, it sounds like there's supernatural events going on. Are, are these occurrences sort of regular? Still going on? Not, no, not anymore. Not since you wrote the book? <laughs> well, there have been a couple since I wrote the book. But, yeah. um, I, I mean, my understanding is Patrick has now made it very clear to me that he's around and that he loves me. And so he doesn't need to mm-hmm. persuade me anymore. Yeah, we were talking earlier about uh, you, where, where the, you and Patrick believe you go. Now, this scripture here says we're confident and I'm... Uh, say rather willingly that to be absent in the body needs to be present with the Lord. So if somebody had a question of where you go, it says right there uh, where you go. And of course, we also had that one scripture that says that uh, you get you get a you get a life review. And uh, you know, I'm thinking, you know, uh, I better keep myself in check there, man, because you know, a life review of the old cowboy here, man, it could be some problems up there. Hey, got a question for you. Somebody said uh, they wrote in and said uh, I used to live on the uh, England on the south coast. Uh, do you know of uh, Hamble outside of Southampton? Yes, I do. I suppose that I am about um, an hour's drive from there. Oh, okay. Well, that's kind of interesting there. Um, were you able to... These seem, seem like they're, they're, they're coming to me randomly. You get a random WhatsApp message. Yeah. A book goes flying off the shelf. That seems like from there to you, uh, have you communicated from here to there? Well, I talk to Patrick and I tell him how much I love him mm-hmm. and I hope that he hears. Yeah, I mean, how, you, how, do you know, how do you know your message? I mean, you can't throw books in wherever he's at. No, exactly. I just talk to him. Okay. All right. So you talk to him like somebody would talk to a loved one after they've yes. passed. I mean, that's... Yes. Yeah, and I, I I think a lot of people talk to their loved ones after their past. You know, say you know, Dad, I sure wish you were here. I mean, I don't know how somebody condemn that and, and say that's that you're talking to the devil or, or seeking out dead people. I mean, who? That's not a that's not a that's not a thing. I mean, there's there, I I maybe there's a, I'm just thinking out loud. Maybe what it means is if somebody is. Um, sort of like denied God exists, you know, denied Jesus died for their sins. And now they're, they're, they're talking, they're, they're, they're going to mediums and, and, and trying to substitute communicating with God with, to, to, to people. 
in in his place or something. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's, it's maybe it's a more sort of sinister approach rather than the the innocent sort of you know man man Patrick. I wish you was here. I got I got to pay these bills. I just wish you were here. You know. I mean, I, I who would fault you for that? I. I, I don't know, Daniel. All I all I know is what has happened to me, and I must say, to quite a lot of people, I find that when I talk to people who've been bereaved, very often they won't say anything about signs until we've got to sort of know each other, mm -hmm. and then if I say very casually or have you had any signs? Mm -hmm. Then suddenly they'll say yes, and they haven't wanted to talk about it because they haven't wanted to appear crazy or anything. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, and I have discovered that lots and lots of people have had signs. Mm. And that, that now that's a. Uh, uh... In fact, when I first went in the, in the open air, I, I mentioned, I asked you if the non-bereaved of a person who had the death, if they were not bereaved, would they get messages? And that kind of reminds me, and I, I think, I, I can't remember, did you say they, you haven't thought about it? Is that what you, you said? You said it was I, a good question, but you said you didn't particularly think about it? Well, I... I mean, because if you listen to this, listen to this, Louise. If if the if a person, say their husband, died and he's a wife beater, she's not bereaved, um, and so uh, she, if if the if if that person communicates with her, that becomes a haunting. That is that is like a, um, a poltergeist. Because she don't want she don't want to hear from this thing. She she's glad he's gone. All of a sudden, he's sending WhatsApp, say, "Hey, it's me," and she's saying, "God, I mean, wouldn't that be a poltergeist in that case?" I, in my experience, the people who have had messages or signs have had them from people who love them, and by and who were loved. I haven't heard of anybody who's had an unwelcome sign. Okay. All right. Let's get to a few few uh, great questions coming. And by the way, the the, the viewer is saying um, how uh, they appreciate you staying up so late. What time is it over? About two thirty. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. All right, you're a strong strong woman there. All right, Australian Bit says, has anyone ever told you that you remind them of Angela Lansbury? No, <laughs> nobody never said that at all. All right. Um, do you interpret signs differently than someone like, say, John Edwards? I don't know who John Edwards is. I think he, I think he talks to people on the other side. All right. Now here's another question: Have you ever visited Stonehenge? Yes, I don't live all that far away. Do, do you, do you get, uh, do you get vibes, freaky vibes? No, not really. No, I don't. Did you know that? Did you know the American Stonehenge? Somebody blew it up. I didn't know that. Yeah, we have one. It's called the Georgia Guidestones. Uh, right. I think somebody built it in Georgia back in the 70s, but, but some joker came by and just blew it up, man. Hopefully, nothing ever happened to you guys at Stonehenge. Um, well, it survived quite a few thousand years so far. 
All right, so you've not had any signs here. Now, we did ask the question, you know, uh, where did you guys believe you went? And let me jump out of the picture. This scripture here says, uh, an event happened in the Bible where it says, um, where, where a, um, an evil guy wanted to, uh, he wanted to talk to somebody on the other side. He said, well, you know, you can't really because there's a great gulf fixed so that those on your side can't come up here and those down there, we can't come down there. In other words, there seems to be some impenetrable wall that prevents people on the other side from uh, interacting with people on this side. Like I said there, if, if it's a bad interaction, it's going to be a poltergeist. And I, I don't know, I'm assuming, I, I mean, I don't know if a good interaction is a good thing, but uh, that kind of explains that there's there's something. So do you think if, 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 we, if anyone would agree with that, uh, that he's been able to bypass that wall? That big gulf. I, I think from my experience and from the experience of talking to a lot of people, um, people who have passed, who were loved and loved, are able to send signs saying that mm -hmm. they're okay, mm -hmm. and there is, you know, there's a lot of evidence out there, and I know from what's happened to me that um, I've had signs. Okay. When you had a sign, did you ever uh, notice the the temperature going down in your room or your house? No, I didn't. I have heard about that, but mm -hmm. no, it, that didn't apply mm -hmm. to me. Uh, ghost hunters say that, um, and by the way, we have this here from your, from your website. I guess you took that picture right there, Fog. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah. And I believe in that article there, you were questioning, uh, asking people if they believed in ghosts or knew that they existed. But um, it's ghost hunters have said that when an apparition begins to enter into this dimension, many times the electronics will malfunction. Batteries will go dead. Cell phones will turn off. So there is some um, history toward non-terrestrial beings that need, I guess they, they somehow can feed off the power of our electronic devices to send messages. Uh, but I've never heard of them actually sending a message, say like through an application, um, you know. And, and, and by the way, didn't Patrick have to have an, a, a WhatsApp account? Did he set one up from the afterlife? No, he already had one. He already had, okay, so it remained there. And nobody, nobody, yes. nobody has, nobody has access to that uh, WhatsApp account of his. No, mm -hmm. and and it's it's now sort of died mm -hmm. because I think that if you don't <clears throat> use a WhatsApp account for <clears throat> six months, mm -hmm. then it automatically just terminates. Mm -hmm. Well, I I do know this. I, I my oldest brother died, and I get emails from him. Oh, about every two, three weeks. Well, tell me about that. <laughs> well, it's spam. So, uh, you know, it's, something, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, no, and it's true. I mean, I mean, when I see his name, I'm thinking, no, no matter how you look at it, it's freaky. Whether it's a spam, a spam bot or somebody from the grave, you know, and any, any, any way you look at it, it's freaky when you, when you get an email from your dead brother. So... I don't know how you 
not don't feel like a little bit of apprehension. It sounds like you you don't have any apprehension when you get a WhatsApp communication, do you? No, I was amazed and surprised, and then I was delighted and totally consoled to know that Patrick's spirit still survived. Hmm. Um, I find it a huge consolation. And I think that those bereaved people to whom I've spoken, who've had signs from their loved ones, they have also found it a huge consolation. Mm -hmm. Well, I can't fault you for trying to bring hope to, to people. I mean, uh, everyone has their sort of their gift, and um, uh, I would hope that that in the in the brief advancement of hope, that one also would advance their faith. You know, and uh, in an afterlife, that there's a there's a place that we go that we I, I think it's becoming more true to people that they're that we have a spirit because society has really went way on the other side saying we don't have such a thing. And I, I, I read studies a lot of times. America is moving away from spirituality. Is England moving away from spirituality as well, Louise? I I think that. Um... Fewer people go to church or <clears throat> other um, religious establishments in the UK than do in America. I think that England is a more secular society. Is it better? That, ha that having been said, mm -hmm. there is a lot of interest in a spiritual life. Uh, being secular does... Does that make England a better place or a worse place? I have no idea, Daniel. Okay. Uh, well, okay, let's see if we got any measurements. Is, uh, do you ever look at crime statistics? Are they up or down in England? In, um, in, because I can say that in, in the United States, they're, they're going off the charts. Crime, killing, robberies, arson, I mean, fraud, it just... Uh, it's unhinged over here. So how's it going in England? Well, certainly uh, the murder rate is considerably lower than in the US. Um, but there's certainly an awful lot of internet fraud. Mm -hmm. So like you guys, do you guys get emails from uh, some people in Africa saying that all you got to do, yes. all you got to do is yeah. give your bank account numbers and, and they're going to wire yes. you $10 million. <laughs> yes. I think we and found, there is a, there is a, a lot of fraud. I think we found those guys that are working for Jesse Smollett over here in the United States. And that's an inside joke there. Um, it seems that uh, now the United States broke away from England because of that, that gone church of England. Um, they wanted to be able to worship the way they wanted to worship. Is that the same church that America broke away from? Um, I suppose that it is. Yes, um, because it was it was the Puritans, wasn't it, who were on the Mayflower? Mm -hmm. And I mean, the Church of England has developed over the years. Um, it was Henry VIII who originally broke away from the Catholic Church. And so the Church of England is a church that broke away from Rome. Mm -hmm. And it's and it's developed over the centuries. So in this medieval church, is that a 
Is that a priest or a pastor? We have we have a, a vic, we have vic, vicars and rectors. Vic, a vicar. A yes. vicar. Okay. What, what's that? Well, it's I suppose it's the same as your pastor. Okay. Okay. A vicar is like a pastor. Yes. Okay. All right. Um, do do they teach um, how to like to be a good person or what? What, what is what is it their main message? Um, I think their main message is actually to um, to love one another and to be charitable mm-hmm. and um, to be peaceful. Uh, do you believe in a death penalty? I don't think I do. We don't have the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Okay. In, in the UK, okay. and I don't think I do, though I must admit mm. that, you know, <clears throat> there are a few individuals, and I think it would be sort of better for them to pass on rather than spend their whole life in prison, but no, I don't. <laughs> I, I, don't. <laughs> no, so, I don't believe in a death so, penalty. So, so, so you got some pretty gnarly dudes over there that could probably use a death penalty, but you just will well, just you'd well, like to see them in in the, in the jail for the rest yeah. of their life. Yeah, I think so. Yes. Okay. Okay. What what about abortion? Do you guys believe in that over there? Uh, abortion is not a big issue in the UK. I know it's a big issue in your country, but in this country it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's it's not being politicized and it's just accepted. Okay. Okay. So, so how are you guys doing on uh, um, uh, petrol and petrol prices and stuff? Is, is that Russia Ukraine thing affecting you guys in any way? Yes. So petrol is has become much more expensive. Though I think that it's um, always been more expensive than it is in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But we're a smaller country, mm-hmm. and so you know, people don't need to drive such huge distances. Have you uh, got out a chessboard and just set it there and and then moved the pawn and then waited to see if another piece would move on the other side? No, I haven't tried that. <laughs> I don't think that would I don't think that would work. I never played chess with Patrick. Oh, well, not, oh I didn't play chess. Man, what about checkers? What do you guys play over there? Well, a lot of people play chess, but it, it's not my game. Okay. I'm, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, that, that, that was a... Now, now you don't do Ouija board stuff, do you? No. Now, that's no, just, that, that is... Some, now, that that fits in that scripture that we put earlier. That's somebody who's directly looking to talk to demons or somebody over there, and they ain't right for doing that. I mean, it's some, there's nothing good going to come out of that. So, there must be... You know, if you get messages, and, and we've had several people. In fact, in fact, Louise, let's go ahead and check our poll. We're going to check the poll on sign of the afterlife. Let's see what we got. All right. 40, 40% of the people say, the, the respondents said that they've got a sign. Uh, 20% says no such thing. There ain't no, you, nobody, nobody from over there talks over here. There ain't no such thing. 20%, though, they're tied with 20% saying uh, not sure, maybe. And that would be conjecture, too, because, I mean, you know, if somebody pocket dials you, is that a ghost or is that you just pocket dial somebody? 
Um, then 13%, they seem kind of sad. They said, I never got a sign. And then the 6%, I think that went up a little bit. People said they saw a sign, a for sale sign somewhere. So, so there you go. 40% of the people watching the program have gotten a sign. And um, it'd be interesting to know, and I don't think we can know what those signs were, but there is an afterlife and we're all going to go there and we're all working on this side to try to understand what's on that side a little bit better because for one if you're uh, if you're looking at it from a sort of a biblical standpoint then then there's some decisions that a person has to make about Jesus and if you believe it's just a like a party time and if everybody's floating around and there's no nothing but you can float around and, and visit people doing and I don't know what those people would be doing but so I don't know. It's, it sounds like that's more like the kind of side that you're following on. Is that? I mean, wh wh what would you imagine, Louise, when you go to the Great Beyond? You meet Patrick. He come up to you. You guys hug. So glad to see each other. What do you What do you do? Do you guys like? I mean, what, I have, what's, what's I have, happening there? I have no idea, Daniel. I have no idea at all. Now, philosophers, um, philosophers have been struggling with that question forever. Yeah, and there are lots and lots of theories, um, and various people have, have strong beliefs as to what will happen. I have no idea. Basically, most people that have been there don't come back here, but there is the phenomena of the near-death experience, and there, yes. is, there is a trend... Uh, a generalized trend of what they see, and, and many of them, because I've been doing this show since 2004, the ones that have been on my show, and I've, ones I've seen elsewhere, that there appears to be a life review, like we spoke about earlier, and the, the Bible is clear on that. There's going to be a life review. Uh, so that's kind of confirming what the Bible said on that. The other is that the, many people see a being, a light being of some sort, typically in a robe, uh, and I mean, ag you talk about being an agnostic back in the day. Uh, there have been agnostics and really flat out atheists, in fact, God haters, that have had near death experiences come back and said the exact same thing. And now, you know, those folks aren't going to be making stuff up, say, from their religious teaching because they don't have any. So there is, yeah. sort of, there is sort of a trend. Many, many also say you go through a tunnel. You probably heard that, and there's a light. Yes. Yes. Somebody's got to be producing that light. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a ghost doing that. So, um, so I'm leaning toward the, the the biblical view only because it's so descriptive and um, and really adamant about what it is. Whereas others make conjecture. Well, it might be this. It could be that. You know, and the Bible the Bible will go on and say it's this and is that. So. Maybe something that, that we all want to pay attention to. Well, listen, um, Louise, we're getting near the end of the broadcast. I've had your book up in the back. It's called uh, What's Apt from Heaven. What's in there? Um, it's a book about my bereavement, about what helped me in my bereavement, what other people could do to help, how I got through it. And also, it's about the signs that I received. Mm. So it's an account. It's an account of the two years, really, after my husband died. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people who are bereaved or people who think they may have had signs will find it concerning mm. and helpful. It's a book 
about bereavement that I would have liked to have found and read when I was newly bereaved. So that's the book. So is bereavement a permanent thing? Well, I think that you always carry the loss within you, but you sort of learn to accommodate it and live around it. And so it just becomes a part of you that you have lost somebody you loved very much. But that doesn't then stop you enjoying the rest of your life. Do you think, do you think any of these diseases that are out there are sort of the causation of that is that it reflects the general behavior of mankind and the world as a whole, the hate and the anger and violence and the death. Do you think that's because of that going on that these intractable problems occur? Or do you think it's totally disconnected from that? I think that we human beings have got an awful lot to learn about how we treat each other and how we treat the planet and how we treat other animals and plants. And yeah, we've got to try and mend our ways, I think. Otherwise, I think there will be all sorts of problems. So you think that's Mother Nature striking back? You think it's a sign? I just think that you can carry on despoiling the planet and not expect repercussions. So we have got to be kinder and gentler to ourselves, to other living creatures and to the planet, I think. I know right now China is building a $500 million coal plant. They have total disregard for emissions there in India, quite similar. Of course, the United States, as you know, trying to get away from coal. Probably Europe is probably doing the same thing. And it seems like you guys got caught, particularly Germany, got caught being addicted to Russian oil, but contaminating the planet, even though we're trying to get away from coal over here, we've got this giant country over there that's sending massive coal-fired plant fumes. Would you say that that, that would be the place to start for the new being better to the planet message? Should it start in China? I don't know, Daniel. I mean, I'm not a politician. <laughs> I'm oh, good.